0: Vox Quick Hits. so i'm about to be 29 which means that every time i go online i am just pretty much bombarded with either advertisements or influencers trying to tell me that i need to desperately protect myself from wrinkles it's like your time is running out now is the time you, you need like, a night cream you and need retinol and sunscreen of course and it's like yeah i do all those things because i am also an active participant in this system As a woman who's, you know, pushing 30, it's a dangerous place to be. And so pretty much every time I'm on the internet, I just see people younger than me, people older than me trading tips, talking about the procedures that they've had done to look like a fetus forever. But it seems like paradoxically in this year where we've all just been staring at our faces, a lot of people have been embracing the natural signs of aging. And it seems kind of cool. Yeah, I've seen some of that too, like with Kate Winslet. Send available
2: cars to the area a suspect is wanted in a murder investigation
1: on our hbo show mayor of east town they wanted to erase her wrinkles from the poster and she said no like mayor of east town a worried detective would have some wrinkles it doesn't make any sense that she wouldn't have them and hbo ended up keeping them on the poster anna north actually wrote a story about this recently she's a senior correspondent for vox and she wrote about people who are trying to free the wrinkle Anna, thank you for joining us. Thanks so much for having me. So what is America's relationship like with the wrinkle? How do we see it play out?
2: Basically, Americans are really afraid of wrinkles, and we spend a lot of money trying to get rid of them every year. It's uh, nearly a $200 billion industry of creams, Botox, fillers, lasers, all kinds of things. And, you know, we've kind of seen it in the pandemic, too, with folks on Zoom all the time, or at least in certain jobs, where now we're sort of forced to look at our faces all day. And at least for some people, this has made them even more anxious about sort of aging
1: skin. They call that the Zoom boom, right?
2: Yeah. I mean, some people are sort of jokingly calling this the Zoom boom, the idea that there's been a rise in plastic surgery um, for people who are sick of looking at themselves on Zoom all day.
0: I know that there was a lot of talk in the last couple of years about how, like, Snapchat filters is making us all want to get plastic surgery. But, like, how has tech shaped the way that we view aging?
2: Yeah, it's super interesting. So, um, I mean, first of all, anti-aging is ancient, right? People have been putting things on their faces to try to make their skin look more youthful since ancient Egypt, if not even before that. There's a long history of using acids. So, I mean, people put acids on their skin today. We know that has some impact. And people were putting all kinds of Acidic things on their faces for centuries. Sometimes people would use wine, which actually does kind of work, pro tip. Um, Other treatments included meat, putting slices of meat on your face. I'm not sure how well that one works. (laughs) (laughs) There was the facelift, which, you know, maybe worked better than meat, but still it's very invasive. You know, you're like actually making incisions and like trying to pull the skin tighter. And then Botox was invented. And that kind of created this new thing where it's minimally invasive. You just get these little shots and it actually works. It does lessen wrinkles. It can even prevent wrinkles from forming. So, um, you know, when that was approved for cosmetic use in 2002, it really changed the game. And now, obviously, celebrities you see getting Botox, but increasingly, um, you know, it's sort of marketed and used by ordinary people too. And then I should add that a dermatologist I talked to mentioned that she thinks just the advent of the smartphone has really changed our relationship to wrinkles. Obviously, we've compared ourselves to celebrities, people on TV, people in magazines for generations. Now we're just exposed to way more images than we were before. So, even before like TikTok, you know, you had Instagram, you had um even just like Facebook on your phone. People have just been bombarded with photos of themselves and other people for years now you know, it's really changing our relationship to our own faces, other people's faces. And to your point, it's kind of changing our relationship to what seems normal. Because, of course, people can edit their own images. They can filter their images. Um, you know, celebrities, obviously, are constantly being called out for, like, filtering their their images on Instagram. And yet, when we just look at these without knowing, like, what kind of filters or editing were used, it seems like reality. And so then we're like, oh, well, I guess my face should probably look like that.
0: Mm.
1: It seems like other uh, traditionally stigmatized physical attributes like fatness or or zits or, or race to some degree have been embraced by positivity movements. Like fat positivity is huge. Body positivity is huge. Has that happened at all for aging?
2: Yeah, I mean, this was something that I really wanted to look into for this piece because there have been these wider body positivity movements that we have seen, you know, obviously it's not perfect, but we have seen some real influence. Like now you'll see a lot more fashion brands, for example, having wider size ranges. They're not necessarily as wide as customers are asking for, but they're wider than they were five years ago, and it's a big deal. Um, So I was really curious, like, how folks who've been involved in these movements see them impacting how we view aging. And it's, like, kind of a mixed bag. I think folks I talked to said, like, yes, with the advent of body positivity, they have seen, um, you know, more brands using older people in campaigns, for example. Um, There was, like, a famous ad um, for Celine that featured Joan Didion, who's in her 80s. Um, You know, and she looks like she's in her 80s. I mean, she looks amazing and iconic in her own particular way. And some of the same thing was happening with, like, gray hair. More models would have gray hair. I think there's a feeling, though, among some activists and, you know, especially folks I talk to that, like, body positivity has kind of only gone so far, both for wrinkles and just, like, in general, that it's still, yes, like, maybe there's a wider range of models that you'll see but they're still more likely to be white. You know, almost all the models that folks could come up with who are older models who've been featured in big campaigns, they've been white women. You know, or even if you see, if you're starting to see like maybe larger size models being used, um, they're typically still someone who has an hourglass figure. You know, they have what um, one activist um, and blogger talked to me about as, as like, quote, good fat. You know, like a certain body shape that's still sort of the most prized, even though we've had all these movements to say, you know, any body shape can be beautiful. To some degree, the way that we still, you know, really fear and stigmatize aging skin is emblematic of the fact that body positivity movements, while they've they've done so much, like, haven't, you know, fully changed capitalism's, like, stranglehold on what we think is beautiful and what we think is acceptable.
0: Right. It seems like, you know, you're allowed to be 80 years old as long as you're a thin white woman, or you're allowed to have zits as long as you're, like, you know— 13 and really skinny, and, you know, it's like, you can have one thing that's different, but God forbid you have a lot of things that are different. Um, but I guess like, what are you hearing from regular people about their experience of aging and their, their relationship to their face?
2: Yeah. I mean, I think it varies a lot. I think there's like more people sort of coming forward and saying, you know, listen, I have wrinkles and I'm okay with that. Part of the like stigma around wrinkles is I feel like it's like not even okay to really talk about having wrinkles. Like, especially if you're in your thirties or forties, you're supposed to be like, oh, I'm putting this cream on my fine lines or whatever, you know, it's like, it's okay. Like skin wrinkles, like skin wrinkles at different rates. Like it doesn't mean you're bad. I don't know. I mean, I get wrapped up in this in my own head, too. But we have seen more people be like, no, I'm going to I'm going to talk about this, how I have wrinkles. Um, Justine Bateman, who you know is an actor and also a filmmaker and a writer, um, wrote this book earlier this year just about like the face and the things that primarily women go through in America with respect to their faces and aging. And she really made this point to me, like women are told your face is gross, you have to fix it. But she said, you know, like, you don't have to go along with that. Like, you don't have to go along with the idea that your face is hideous. There's nothing wrong with your face, which, like, feels so simple and, like, of course. But actually,
1: we're constantly told that there's everything wrong with our face, right? Yeah, like, even Nora Ephron felt bad about her neck, I guess, ultimately. Right. <laughs> the Another Joan Didion type. Uh, so is there anything we can sort of be doing culturally or, or societally to normalize the wrinkle? And is that something we should be doing?
2: Yeah, I mean, I think one thing folks talked about with me is, you know, just fighting ageism. And, like, we're already seeing a certain amount of that with the pandemic. You know, we've seen a lot of, like, concern about ageism in the pandemic because a lot of older people have been vulnerable to COVID-19. A lot of older people have died. And I think there's the argument that, like, you know, a lot of those deaths were preventable, that the way that we treat older people is part of why this has been so devastating. And so I think, you know, there's just a larger movement afoot to say, we need to care for people across the lifespan and not assume that someone is just, like, not worthy to society anymore because they're older. And I think fighting, like, the general stigma around being old can also help fight having a face that looks old. You know, the way that people, you know, who talk about body positivity and talk about fat acceptance talk about the word fat— Fat doesn't have to be a negative word. Old doesn't necessarily have to be a negative word either. Someone who's 80 has lived a long time, that's okay. Like, it's okay for that to be marked on their face. One thing I was really interested in was talking to folks about how Attitudes around aging vary by race. And some folks made the point that in some communities of color, aging is really treated differently. And there's this sense of, like, aging means you've survived a lot in a culture that is racist and can be violent toward you. So, like, it's not always a negative for everyone that, like, yeah, you reached an old age. And I think reframing some of that on a cultural level is helpful. And one thing Justine Bateman talked about is, like, It's hard because it shouldn't be older people's responsibility to fix the stigma against them, right? Like it should never be a stigmatized group's responsibility to fix the stigma. But she made the point that if older women kind of embrace themselves and say like, no, I feel great about how I look. I feel good about myself. Then it makes it easier for younger people to kind of look up to them and be like, I'm excited to be that age. I'm going to be like her. So it's hard to like put this on people that are like facing ageism at the same time, it's kind of hopeful, right? Like there is a paradigm we could imagine where younger people are looking forward to, you know, the wisdom and confidence that aging would bring.
0: And also like, isn't that the goal to live till 80? I mean, past
2: 80, people are living into their hundreds, you know, like, yes, I mean, (laughs) like the sad thing is it's like, especially now when like we've been through this trauma, like people have lost their lives there's that joke about like, what's the alternative to aging, but like aging shows that you've survived. And I think we can be kind of more mindful of that.
1: Well, thank you so much, Anna. This was excellent. And I hope we all get really old and wrinkled. (laughs) Thanks so much.